following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. Hello, everyone, and welcome into a Top 5 Tuesday edition of Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. I'm Chris Yao, joined as always by Maurice Patton. It is November 22nd, and it is Thanksgiving week, and we are so excited to have you guys along for the ride. We've got a lot to get to today, and boy, is it going to be a fun show. Of course, Chip Walters, as always, will join us here on this Tuesday edition, and we get to talk about our Top 5 Thanksgiving weekend football games of all time. So should be fun. Going to get into it before we do anything else. Mo, what's going on? Oh, just muddling through a Tuesday, man. Like you said, holiday week, things get kind of twisted up a little bit, but got a little high school hoops to get to later tonight and just getting through the week. There are quite a few high school basketball games on tap for this Tuesday ahead of Thanksgiving. So yeah, plenty, plenty of high school sports to get to tonight. And we'll get to, we'll get you that schedule here momentarily in the rundown. But um, before we do that, we get a chance to talk a little bit about what's going on this week. We have, High school football semifinals in Division One. Uh, we talked about that yesterday. If you missed any part of yesterday's show, you should definitely go back and watch it. Joe Rexro joined us. It was really good. Um, but yeah, so this is a this is an interesting week mm-hmm. uh, because you know some teams are in some kids are in school, some kids aren't in school, some kids are playing basketball all day long. Uh, Fayetteville was down in Gunnersville this morning. A an 11, no, 10, 15 tip against Pisgah out of Northeast Alabama, a perennial state finalist. And well, it went about how you would think it would go, but the, the court they played on was painted like Florida's court. (laughs) Like it, it literally had Florida on the baseline gators on the other and had the big gator in the middle of the floor. SEC logo and the, uh, under the free throw line it was the weirdest thing i've ever seen <laughs> so you never know what you're going to get on thanksgiving week <laughs> it could be anything no telling <laughs> that was the wildest thing i'd ever seen but i thought okay well whatever <laughs> um, but yeah so we we get we get a lot going on this week football teams that are still practicing are excited to be doing so and they'll be playing friday night and we are looking forward to it. There's no question. Where are you going to go Friday? I'm going to go to Pulaski, check out um, Alcoa and Giles County. I had thought about slipping over to Murfreesboro. I've never seen Oakland Marable, but um, we needed to try to cover Giles County for Main Street Preps, and I'm the closest guy. So It's going to be a good one. Taking one for the team there, because like I said, I had really kind of wanted to slip over there and just be a spectator for Oakland Maryville, but, you know, duty calls. Well, I'm not sure either game is going to be 
very competitive by the end of it. But hopefully they are. Because, you know, you don't want a bad game in the semifinals, but if history repeats itself, Mo, <laughs> it's it's not gonna be a not gonna be a great night for the losing teams in that one. But could very well be the case. That being said, it's gonna be a good one. Um, yeah, so let's go ahead and jump in. We'll give you yesterday's results, uh, today's schedule on the rundown. This is the rundown. In girls basketball action from Monday night, Antioch defeated White's Creek 41-27. It was Henry County with a 65-16 win over Clarksville Northeast. Creekwood down Green Hill 52-49. Ezell Harding with an 83-24 win over St. Cecilia. Pope Prep 38, Franklin Road Academy 36, Gallatin with a 52-31 win over Laverne. It's Harpeth Hall 62, Hendersonville 54, Houston County down Joe Burns 64-42, Moore County fell to Loretto 52-45, Rockvale with a 45-34 win over Rybalt of Jacksonville, Florida. Christ Presbyterian Academy 53, Siegel 23, Summertown with a 64-23 win over Cullioca. Summit defeated Mount Juliet 72-35 and Mount Pleasant 61, Zion Christian 29. In boys basketball action, it was Antioch Downing White's Creek 56-48, Green Hill a 44-39 went over Blackman, Centennial down page 64-34 while Beach Edge Creekwood 55-50. Ezo Harding was a 73-32 winner over Lighthouse Christian of Antioch while Grace Franklin down Father Ryan 67-57. It was Ravenwood 64, Franklin 57 and Pope Prep, 87, Franklin Road Academy, 61. Friendship Christian down Franklin Classical, 76-39, while Gallatin got a 63-38 win over Laverne, CPA, 74, Harpeth, 52, and Loretto, a 59-33 winner over Franklin Christian, which was Coach Greg Tipps' 400th win. Congratulations to GT. Tennessee Heat with a 70-29 win over Mount Juliet Christian. Franklin Road Christian with a 65-56 win over Murfreesboro Central. Pearl Cone 71, Memphis Wooddale 48. Hendersonville down Smyrna 73-59. Station Camp with a 61-55 win over Middle Tennessee Christian. Summertown nearly doubled up Cullioca 66-34. Summit with a 56-47 win over Mount Juliet. Watertown down North Jackson of Alabama, 65-28. Webb School in overtime, despite 35 points from Jet Montgomery. Downs Independence, 76-74. And Mount Pleasant with a 68-55 win over Zion Christian. In NHL action last night, in a shootout, the Preds get a 4-3 win over the Phoenix Coyotes or Arizona Coyotes. I don't know what they're called anymore. Uh, in women's basketball, Gonzaga with a 73-72 win over Tennessee and controversial, to say the least. <laughs> uh, <laughs> neither here nor there. Butler, 72-55 winners over Tennessee State in junior college women's action. It was Vol State, 73, UT Southern's JV, 35. Itawamba, 65-50 winners over Columbia State. Men's basketball action, Austin P today. Uh, I believe was a winner over Albany, seventy-four to fifty-nine. No, that was last night. Was that last night? They're, they mm -hmm. also played today, and I may have it down here at the bottom. But 
Okay, so yesterday defeated Albany 74-59. Tennessee State 74, Cal State Northridge 73. Big win there for the Tigers. Belmont 96-73 over Howard. In junior college play, it was Vol State 98, Southern Southeastern Illinois, not Southern Illinois, not the Salukis, uh, 72. Columbia State down Western Kentucky Community and Technical College. That's the there longest we go. name ever. Uh, 103 to 52. Uh, in basketball action today. These are double headers unless otherwise specified, and they are six o'clock starts unless otherwise specified at 530. Father Ryan is at Centennial. That's a boys-only game, I can tell you. They've got a boys-only classic going on over at CCCHS. The rest of these are all 6 o'clock starts. They're all doubleheaders. West Creek is at Cheatham County. Clarksville Northwest is at Clarksville. Glencliff is at Antioch. Brentwood Academy hosts Baylor. Eagleville is at Cascade. Nashville Christian visits Columbia Academy. Davidson Academy takes on visiting University School of Nashville. Donaldson Christian Academy takes on visiting Liberty Creek. Clarksville Academy goes to Ensworth. Nolansville is at Forest. Hampshire goes to Frank Hughes. And Lawrence County is in Pulaski against Giles County. Hillwood plays host to McGavick. Sycamore goes to Hume Foggs. Westmoreland at Jackson County, while Columbia Central will be at Marshall County. Stewart's Creek's at Mount Juliet. Mount Pleasant's at home against Santa Fe. Station Camp goes to Portland. And Stratford's at home. Uh, sorry, Stratford's on the road at Martin Luther King. At 3 o'clock today, East Robertson will be at McEwen. Also at 6 o'clock, it's White House Heritage at White House and East Hickman at BGA. Time unknown. Girls basketball action today. Already a final. Rockvale defeated DME Academy out of Florida, 49-34. Collinwood and Loretto were scheduled to play at 10 o'clock at Cornersville. I assume that game is over since Cornersville is set to play Summertown at 1. At 3 o'clock at Franklin, Riverdale takes on Independence. Also at 3 o'clock, Beach and Siegel tip off. At 4 o'clock, Christ Presbyterian Academy and Blackman are playing. At 4 o'clock at Cornersville, Moore County plays Cullioca. At 4.30, Lincoln County plays Hillsboro. The rest of these are all 6 o'clock starts. Green Hill at Harpeth. Overton against Hunter's Lane, Lebanon at Franklin, and Stam Academy at Republic. Uh, Summertown currently leading Cornersville 84 to 50 in the fourth quarter. Yeah, so there you go. Um, in continuing girls' play, Richland hosting community at six tonight. Greenbrier at Springfield. Rossview's at Kenwood. Montgomery Central at home against Stewart County. Grace Franklin's at Mount, uh, taking on Mount Juliet Christian at six. Laverne is at Summit. Providence Christian goes to Upperman at seven. Also at seven, Friendship Christian plays host to the Tennessee Heat. And at 7.30, it's Cane Ridge at East Nashville. Boys basketball today at 11.30. Collinwood and Summertown play down at Corners. Will no result um, to our knowledge, to my knowledge, Chris might have something. Green Hill plays Web School at one. Independence plays Good Pasture at two thirty. Also at two thirty, Marist of Georgia plays Pope Prep. Kalioka plays Loretto down at Cornersville. Four o'clock start: Riverdale and Page. Four thirty: Franklin Classical versus Smyrna. Also, oh no, no, at four forty, Pearl Cone plays Memphis Hamilton. That's at Memphis Hamilton. At 5.30, Cornersville takes on visiting Franklin Christian. Also at 5.30, Corners, uh, Coffee County plays Tennessee Heat. Watertown is at Sequatchie County at 6.30. And at 7, Franklin Grace plays at Montgomery Bell Academy. 
I don't know the final score, but Summertown was up big in the fourth quarter. So, assuming they won. Baylor is at Brentwood Academy at 7.30. Also at 7.30, it's Creekwood posting Houston County. Liberty Creek goes to DCA while Lincoln County is at Franklin. John Overton takes on Hunter's Lane at 7.30. Richland at home against Community. Valor Collegiate's at Rockville. Laverne's at Summit. Middle Tennessee Christian takes on Mount Juliet Christian. Friendship Christian at home at 8.30 against York Institute. And Blackman takes on Hillsborough also at 8.30. Women's basketball action today at 5 o'clock. Trevecca goes over to Cleveland to face Lee University. At 5.30, UT Southern faces host Cumberland. Men's basketball action. Austin P has already defeated Fairleigh Dickinson 53-46. Um, at 7.30 tonight, UT Southern is at Cumberland. Second half of a doubleheader. Uh, NBA action tonight at 7. Sacramento is at the FedEx Forum against the Memphis Grizzlies. Again, that's a 7 o'clock start. It's on Valley Sports Southeast. Maction tonight at 6 o'clock. Ball State is at Miami. That game is on ESPN+. Plus. Also at 6 o'clock on ESPNU, Bowling Green is at Ohio, and that is your rundown. Done and done. All right. Top story today coming from the coaching ranks as, well, there is, there is a, a rumor out there, okay? There's a rumor out there. At, Posted by John Sokoloff of WCBI News, a TV news station covering Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and high school sports in Starkville. So take that as you will. Um, but John reporting that sources have told him that Lane Kiffin will step down on Friday to become the head coach at Auburn though Auburn has not officially offered the job to anyone at this point. Um, so Lane to Auburn is happening. Story soon, Sokoloff said. Now, as I asked you, I don't know how someone can accept a job that has not been offered. But this is Ole Miss, and this is Auburn, and this is Lane Kiffin, so anything can happen, right? I mean, the number of variables that you can get when you're dealing with those three entities are <laughs> many and diverse. So, I mean, I, you know, as someone else pointed out hours later on Twitter last night, I tend to feel like if there was something to this, this guy wouldn't be the only one with it. That's what they said when I said Hugh Freeze was going to Ole Miss. Well, and that's fine. I'm my point is uh, to that is that people at Ole Miss talk because they kind of have the same thing that Auburn does. The the you know I know something you don't know kind of thing, and you don't always know necessarily who you're talking to. That's kind of how I got it. Um, so. Obviously, John Sokoloff is a little more probably well-known than I was in 2000, what, 10, 9, 10? I don't remember what it was. But people talk in, in, in Oxford, man. They're weird. And 
Is he gonna go? Okay, here's my question. I don't know. Here, here, here's my question. People in Oxford talk. Who the hell is Lane telling in Oxford on Monday that I'm gonna quit on Friday and take the Auburn job? That's that's the issue. And I, you know, this guy is in Starkville, so you never know if he's. I can't imagine he's a Mississippi State fan. I think he's from New Jersey. So it's not, I don't think he's necessarily trying to, you know, throw Ole Miss off their game and expect a game like they had last week against Arkansas because the team was distracted. But then again, someone from Ole Miss or someone from Mississippi State might have called John and said, hey, I'm a booster at Ole Miss and this is what's happening. I just got off the phone with Lane Kiffin, blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? Listen, the Egg Bowl is weird, dude. If there's anybody that could do it, it's these two teams. (laughs) I I just, I mean, anything can happen. I'm not going to sit here and say Lane's not going to Auburn. You can't. But I'm dang sure not going to sit here and say Lane is going to Auburn on Tuesday, November 22nd. (laughs) Just because, again, it makes no sense to me. Well. The only sense it makes is if there's an NIL situation that Ole Miss has just said, look, we're just could not going to do it. We're he, not gonna... he could easily wind up at Auburn. Sure. Even though just, it makes no sense to me. I just don't know what sense it makes. Right. I, 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 mean, I, I... A place where you can be a hero to well, go over there and in three years, or less, they can be ready to get rid of you. Yeah, I think Ole Miss would have been – well, Auburn may be pretty sh- slow on a trigger now. But here's the thing. Lane's going to have them. If Cadillac Williams can have them playing like this, Lane Kiffin's going to have some guys. He's going he's gonna to bring in a quarterback. He's going to bring in, you know – Jackson Dart last year. I mean, for Ole Miss. I mean, he's he's a USC transfer. Guy went out and won what eight games in a row before they lost to LSU. He's gonna he's gonna make them better. But the difference is that you you're in no different situation. Successful than Harson, but there's more successful than Harson, and there's as successful. And I feel like there's a gap between those two. There is. There's no question there's a gap. But I don't I just don't know. Because nothing changes. You don't you don't move divisions. You don't you still have to play Alabama twice a year. You have completely if you go, you have completely evaporated any chance of ever becoming Alabama's head coach. Yeah, that that's kind of what I thought because I feel like that was his ultimate goal ever since he left Alabama. Really, was to be the heir apparent, especially when Sarkeesian left. I, I feel like that. I felt like that was his whole goal the whole time was to be Saban's successor. And again, and we've said this before, I think it's easier to get to Tuscaloosa from Oxford than it is from Auburn, not just geographically. Yeah, it's it, you're not going to be the head coach at 
at Alabama if you if you were if you're co- Alabama's not hiring Auburn's head coach. Right. They're not doing it. <laughs> I, and I and I I don't think it is such a drop dead proposition that Alabama's not hiring Ole Miss's head coach. I, would I don't think that. that barrier is there that there is to Auburn's head coach. Right. Yeah. Uh, they, they don't, they wouldn't mind taking Ole Miss's head coach. Trust me. They feel like that's, that's the same as taking La Monroe's. No, it's true. Is that whether, whether or not that's true, probably not, but that's the way they look at it. It's the way they feel about Ole Miss. Ole Miss is inferior. Never even been to Atlanta. What are you talking about? Auburn rivalry that would not allow them to hire Auburn's coach any more than it would allow Auburn to hire Alabama's coach. I don't think. Yeah, I'd agree. I don't think either one would hire their other coach. All right. Well, stay tuned. Stay tuned. We'll find out Friday, I guess. Or or soon thereafter. I I mean, well, we still got three more days before. But the Egg Bowl is Thursday, right? Egg Bowl's Thursday. So we'll 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 probably know Thursday night. <laughs> He's gonna walk off the field and be like War Eagle. <laughs> 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 oh, or not. Yeah. <laughs> or not. <laughs> there you go. All right, we'll take a break here. When we come back, uh, talk a little bit about the Titans. Uh, Mike Rabel met with the with the media today and answered a few questions about Todd Downing and about this Bengals game. And we'll talk about both of those subjects on the other side of a break on main street sports today, presented by mid Tennessee bone and joint. Y'all stick around. Mid Tennessee bone and joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990. Or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731. 5731 and schedule your tour today. Are you an enthusiastic sports fan? Want to have fun and get in on the action? Heck yes, that'd be awesome. Have great attention to detail? Want to stay active? Definitely. Want to give back to the student athletes in your community? Obviously, yes. Then you'd make an excellent high school sports official. We need more officials in Tennessee. Because with no high school officials, there are no high school sports. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. 
Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. We don't know if Lane Kiffin's going to be coaching at Ole Miss or at Auburn next year. What we do know is that Todd Downing will be coaching the offense for the Tennessee Titans on Sunday, at least for now. Uh, that is the word we received from Mike Grable today during his press conference. Said there was, they were working with the, you know, basically, just the normal chain of events and and letting things kind of play out and things can change. But as of right now, Todd Downing is still the offensive coordinator for Tennessee Titans and will be calling plays on Sunday against the Cincinnati Bengals. Business as usual. And, and look, I, I mean, there's precedent for both ways for, for suspension. There's precedent for, you know, for him to just kind of keep going. That's, that's kind of been, you know, the way the Titans have handled DUIs, um, at least recently, even with Isaiah Wilson, he, he didn't get suspended for getting a DUI. Now the, there was everything else that went along with Isaiah Wilson, but the DUI was not the part of it. So there you go. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so I guess they're just going to kind of let the legal system play out in this one. And, and really, that may be the best way to do it. I don't hate the idea. I mean, who knows? A- anything can happen. Um, and and there's no sense in running the risk of punishing somebody for something they didn't do. I mean, there's there's a chance. So, and I'm I'm not trying to make this a sunshine and lollipops type situation, but I, I do think that there's there's something to be said for just letting the legal system play out and then handling it once that's all over with. So I think that's the best way to do it. I think it's the best way to handle any legal situation because you never know. I mean, you don't know the situation. You don't know the facts of the case. Mike Vrabel may say, I watched him get in his car. He was fine. He, he wasn't even, I didn't even see him drink on the plane. You know, there, there may be a hundred things that, you know, that go into it. So who knows? I think letting yep. the legal system play out in these steps situations is good. Now, the problem is that that means that he's still going to be calling a place for the Tennessee Titans. And that may be the bigger issue here. Mo. <laughs> <laughs> there's that there's, there's definitely that. Um, and and I guess there's probably a faction of our fan base that would say, "Hey, um, we should take advantage of this situation and act accordingly." So you know, <laughs> I mean, th- this this gives you your out right here. Uh, I'm just saying. Yeah, right. I mean, I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. But yeah, th- and and that being said, look, he's coming off a of, of, of calling a really good game. This Bengals team is let's face it they're not really that good um 
you know, that this is a team that's struggled at times. I mean, heck, they got beat by the Browns 32 to 13. Um, now, they've not played a really great schedule. In their last four games, they've played the Steelers, the Panthers, the Browns, which they got drilled by, and the mm-hmm. Falcons. That's that's not that exactly is not murder. That's row. not murderers row. No, no, it's <laughs> not. So. But they did beat the Bengals. I mean, they, I'm sorry, they did beat the Dolphins earlier this year. Now, I think Tua was out for that. That was the game that Tua went out in. When maybe I think that's the one where they the belly to back suplex or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, I mean, this is a pretty big game for for both of these teams. Uh, the Bengals can kind of get back into it with the Ravens at, in the, in the AFC North. And of course we all know that the Titans are still trying to hold off everybody from the South. Although their magic number when it uh, comes to the Colts is just four. Just. It is four games. Then now they've got 10 plus 10 to play. <laughs> I no. Think, no, seven to play, seven to play, seven to play. So, but the magic number is four. And. Seems manageable. Yeah, I don't know what that. I know we play the Texans at the end of every year, uh, so that that's going to be a while. But you know, Jaguars, I don't, I don't foresee being much of an issue. Um, right now, Titans are third in the conference. Mm-hmm. We play New England at home. I saw the Titans were actually sixth in somebody's NFL power rankings this Dang. week. Uh, you know, it, it's funny because I saw a headline earlier this week that said, I think it was from The Athletic, talking about the shouldn't be surprising any more Titans. <laughs> yeah. And and I think maybe, <laughs> maybe things, because they were basically saying, you know, other NFL teams can learn from Mike Vrabel. I mean, just look what the Titans have done with literal practice squad guys. Just signing folks off everybody else's practice squad, putting them in six days later, and winning football games. Well, I mean, here's the thing: the the lack of respect that the Titans get on a consistent basis, and the lack of success that they have given that lack of respect, ought to tell you something. Because they don't have a roster once you get past Derrick Henry and a handful of guys on the defensive side of the ball. They don't really have a roster that really keeps people up at night, doesn't really wow you. And yet, they've won seven of their last eight. And, and, I mean, even and should have won the eighth one, Dad Gummit. God, well, it makes me so mad. It's like, it's like I think it was um, Steve Lehman on. Um, News Channel 5 the other night that pointed out they're probably two plays away from being nine and one. Yeah, absolutely. You make the field goal at the it, to beat the Giants, and then you three attempts at a two-point conversion. Yeah. So there's that. So, so I mean, as bad as you think they are, they're still right now the number three seed in the AFC. I mean, Absolutely. Even even if it's begrudging, <laughs> you, you have to give it. these guys their props. 
you got to respect it. You, there's, there's no way around it. Look, the, the Tennessee Titans are, are – this organization under Mike Vrabel is just – they are as blue-collar as it comes. Nothing flashy about it. Jeffrey Simmons actually mentioned it, I think, uh, about how – you know how surprised he was at how some of these these guys who come in on short notice are able to be you know impact players come in on Wednesdays play on Sundays and make positive impacts <laughs> i mean that that just doesn't happen anywhere else and and i don't i i would love to know what that is like what what makes it so i think they must be really doing their homework on the guys that they're bringing in, which That's, that would make sense. Uh, it's, would, it's got to, it's got to be a certain kind of guy that can come in and do that in such a short period of time. And I, I think, you know, Isaiah Wilson, notwithstanding, that was one of the hallmarks of what John Robinson had been about as GM of the Titans was, getting the right guys in that room, the right mentality Mm -hmm. specifically. So, you know, if only I knew someone who covered the Titans and could do a story and could find one of those guys who made a positive impact from being signed off of a practice squad to write a story about, just ask them, what's the, what's the deal? (laughs) Uh, I mean, there's gotta be, it's a shame. You don't know anybody that could do something like that. that. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> if, if only yeah. no seriously i mean I, I would like to ask one of those guys walk me through your first week what what was that first week like how did you get acclimated so quickly in order to play on sunday mm-hmm. specifically on the defensive side of the ball the offense sure. is what it is but the defensive side of the ball it just seems like every single week somebody's making a play that I've never heard of. Well, and it seems like it's been more the case on defense. I mean, yeah. you know, Chris Conley didn't exactly set the woods on fire while he was here. Um, you know, the um, the kid from West Creek, C.J. Board, he made his impact more on um, special, special teams, teams than it was on offense. So, I mean, you've not necessarily seen those guys come in off the street on offense and hit it quick, but defensively you have. And it's, it's, it's really impressive what they do. Sure. Uh, I just, it, it blows my mind every time I watch a game and I'm like, who is that guy? I've not, I, I don't even know he existed. Like, <laughs> and, and then, you know, that's you because hear, he didn't. <laughs> and then you hear Mike Keith. Yeah. They signed him off the practice squad from, you know, Cleveland last week. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> so, and that's yeah. the thing. They're not just coming off practice squads, but they're coming off practice squads of, not necessarily great teams and they're coming in here. How could you not play there, but you can play here. What are they missing (laughs) that we're seeing? I know this sounds crazy and it's, and it's probably just because I follow them on TikTok. but I would love to see Isaac Rochelle (laughs) in a Titans uniform. He keeps getting sent up and down with the Browns. They keep putting him on their practice squad, but he's an edge rusher and we kind of need those right now. (laughs) He, he would fit a role. And I'm just curious if uh, I would love to see that guy in a Titans uniform just because it's, 
his his life around the the Browns, and he was with the Colts last year and was on their active roster for most of the year. But anyway, um, but yeah, we, we should definitely look into maybe you know asking one of those guys a question. That was a bird that just flew into the window. Okay. I was like, what was that noise? I just okay. watched a bird fall from the sky. <laughs> oh, kamikaze bird, huh? It is what it is. We we just had the uh, I just did the windows today. So they there you thought go. It was, thought it was <laughs> clear to go. Oh man. Well, this Sunday, Titans, Bengals, not a revenge game. So says Mike Vrabel. More than half the team wasn't even on this team last year. Well, I'd love to know if Ryan Tannehill thinks it's a revenge game. <laughs> yeah, I think for I think for a couple of guys, it will certainly be a. I would like to get. I, I would like to put that other one out of my mind. Mm-hmm. And Ryan Tannehill being atop that list, a a palate cleansing matchup. Because I'm like sure that last like- one left a bad taste in their mouths. You feel like if you hit Joe Burrow 14 times, you're going to win on Sunday. And I don't know that their offensive line has gotten better to the point that that's out of the realm of possibility. And the way David Long is playing right now. David Long I, might hit him 14 times himself. Himself. He's, <laughs> I mean, dude is is unreal right now. So, yeah, watch out for 51 on Sunday is all I'm here to tell you. And if Jeffrey Simmons is back. Also, as uh, Justin Kulik mentioned earlier, Bud Dupree practiced this week. So, yeah, Bud Dupree. You said that uh, that he was he limited this week, Justin. Um, it wasn't really said. It was an interview that Jim Wyatt had gotten uh, before practice, um, and then he was like, uh, Bud Dupree was walking out to practice. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, and that could be a day-to-day thing. I, I'm not sure if that was – let me see how recent it was. I think it was yesterday, so um, I'm not sure if he participated today. Awesome either way because just his presence, man, I think. Yeah, I mean, you have to account for him, and that's right. that's probably the biggest the biggest problem for – you know, and, and here's the thing the, – <laughs> He may be practicing just so that the Bengals have to prepare for him. Yep, true. You know what I mean? So, so he was on practice at, uh, at practice on Tuesday, so today. Um, so I guess he's going to try to do the full week. No, no, okay. nobody plays those games, do they? <laughs> not in the NFL, never. <laughs> there's not, another, especially not Mike Vrabel. Yeah, there's he a kicker never. who is in the window to return. I think I saw Teresa um, – tweeted something about that um i cannot think of his name but a, a kicker yeah exactly um well uh going through their their injury report from last week the only kicker i see is is bullock um and if I'm if I'm going through the depth chart here, it is a Caleb Shudak 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 S H U D A K. Teresa, two hours ago, 
Vrabel said the kicker spot for Sunday is to be determined with undrafted rookie Caleb Shudak returns to practice today. Caleb Shudak. Okay. So Shudak is back in practice and they released Lambo Monday. Um, Shudak went on the pup list, I guess, prior to the season. All right. Caleb Shudak, like you said, uh, undrafted out of Iowa. So where's number 11? <laughs> we had a kicker that wore number six last week. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. Number 11. Just giving I, out, they're just giving out all numbers, aren't they? I, I, I don't know if you saw it, but Brett Kern said, got me feeling some kind of way here. Not going <laughs> to lie. It's a little weird. Oh, oh, so, yeah, I basically an undisclosed, undisclosed reason for being on the pup list. And, but he's, yeah, he is apparently back or eligible to be back now mm-hmm. <laughs> who kicks on Sunday. We'll see, but yeah, wearing, wearing number 11, throw him out there in, in the slot and let's see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do what we yeah. can. See what, see what happens. Just see what happens. Anyway, <laughs> let's take a break and talk college football playoffs on the other side. We've got that and some local high schools, uh, football news to get to as well. So, Stick around. Chip Walter still set to join us in the three o'clock hour. All that and more right here on Main Street Sports. They're presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Be back after this. This is Chris Yao with Main Street Sports Today. Every show, Mo Patton and I welcome friends from all across the sports landscape, from high school coaches and reporters to national, college, and pro sports personalities. You never know who might stop by for a chat. AP Tennessee Sports Editor, three-time Tennessee Sports Writer of the Year 2020 TSWA Hall of Famer. She covers the Titans, the Predators, the Grizzlies, college football, and hoops. Please make welcome, Teresa Walker. Former University of Tennessee, former Team USA Olympian, XI Young Award winner, Ari Dickey. Ari, did I miss anything? Man, that was sweet. <laughs> yeah, I need to listen to that before I go to bed every night. That was nice. Has five sports Emmys. That's not bad for the other guy in Wham. Ryan McGee. <laughs> <laughs> other guy Wham married the best looking girl Bananarama, so other guy Wham had pretty good life. From preps to pros, we're taking on the sports topics you care about. Tune in across Main Street Media social platforms at 2 p.m. or on demand on your podcast distribution platform of choice. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton here on this Tuesday edition. is the Top 5 Tuesday. We'll count down our Top 5 Thanksgiving weekend football games. Should be fun. Um, Mo, before we get into college football, we did have a couple of high school um, recruiting updates today. Yeah, you know, we talked yesterday about Nolansville Edge rusher um, Taylor Wine committing to his home state, Oklahoma, sooner as well. A couple of things have broken loose um, since then. Um, Yesterday as well, Lebanon offensive tackle Aiden Donald committed to Tennessee Chattanooga. Um, The second 
commitment off that Blue Raider team following the quarterback whose name I just went blank on. Chris, help me out. Um, Austin, the Austin kid that um, committed to Murray State. Is it Austin? I think it is. I, off the top of my head, can't think of his name. You are useless. Uh, um, yes, I am. You know, Donald had a number of FBS offers and chose UTC. Um, I'm not seeing who all he had been offered by necessarily, but yeah, he is, um, are you referring to Jalen Abston? Ab yes. Abston, not Austin. Thank you, Justin. Yes, sir. Yeah. You're a Lebanon graduate, aren't you? Yes. And I went to UTC. So this is, there you go. So you're supposed to know all this stuff. Yeah. Okay. All right. And um, again, there is an article on the website, MainStreetPreps.com, referring to Donald's commitment to um, UT Chattanooga. Is it okay to call him UTC, Justin? Can we do that? Is yeah, that yeah. That's that's uh, that's what I refer to it as. Uh, okay. Sure. All right. I, I know that there are some schools that are like, don't call us that, you know, like Texas Christian, for instance. Right. Well, in UAB absolutely hates Alabama Birmingham. <laughs> Never mind that that's their name. Well, UT Chattanooga, Tennessee Chattanooga. They don't want exactly. that either. Yeah. It's yeah. all the same, but hey, whatever. Uh, it, from from Donovan Stewart earlier today, he he said that he chose over Army, Austin P. Al. Alcorn State, ETSU, Eastern Kentucky, Fordham, Furman, Lehigh, Navy, uh, North Alabama, SEMO, South Florida, Tennessee State, and Tennessee Tech. So that's three. interesting. So you so Donovan Donovan said that? That is what that that is what Donovan has here in his in, in his story about uh, randomly. Memphis oh. Business Academy's football coach Wilder oh, okay. resigning. There's, there's a, a just a recruiting update talking about Aiden okay. choosing All UTC right. and Taylor as All well. Right. As, I, I, um, I was just looking at Tommy Bryan yeah. of the Wilson Post's article. Yeah, I, when I said that, I was like, no, I swear I saw something about this in one of Donovan's stories earlier today, and I guess who knows? But yeah, <laughs> good to know. Yeah. Meanwhile. But, um, earlier today, Kenny Menchie, who decommitted last week from Pitt, has committed to Notre Dame. I think he took a visit up there this weekend, and I would imagine if you visit Notre Dame and they offer you, you're probably going to pull. So, um, chose the Irish over Pitt, Michigan State, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, Virginia Tech, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wisconsin, according to the article on Main Street Preps by Zach Womble. So interesting. Um, you know, when you when you hmm, that's interesting. I, I'm not terribly surprised that it kind of he he went upward. In my opinion, I think I think Notre Dame is probably a better offer than Pittsburgh. Um, Boy, he'd been committed to Pitt for quite a while. April, I think, was when he committed. And and then you had the commitment from the Independence quarterback to Pitt as well. 
Did he? Now, there's been some conjecture about that because I, I'm not sure he committed. I think he was offered. I, I did not know him to commit. And I checked with somebody else, and they did not know the, him to have committed either. We're talking about um, the Indy kid who started the season at quarterback for them, but I think, oddly enough, got injured against Pope Prep and missed most of the remainder of the season. He's in the um, 24 recruiting class, and again, his name is me as well. Yes, thank you. So Yeah, um, his Twitter does not mention – a commitment? A commitment. Okay. So then then my guess is he's not. Currently holds offers from Pitt, Toledo, Miami of Ohio, and Western Kentucky. Western. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah. So um even still, Pitt to Notre Dame. And and look, Marcus Freeman is having a good second half of this season. Good second half. Yeah, they they struggled early on, as we've mentioned, the losses to to Stanford and, and to to Marshall. But um they seem to have kind of hit their stride here coming down the stretch. And you know they've got you... twenty four commits now in this upcoming class. Oh, somebody's somebody's getting not gonna be there. Is it 25 you can sign? I think it's 25. So you better be careful. So they're they're bumping up against it. Yeah. Yeah. No question. Oh, there uh, was a, I don't know if you, if you get a it. flip. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you saw it, but um, Brock Glenn, the Lausanne quarterback who had been committed to Ohio State for all this time. Yeah. He decommitted and instead went with former Memphis coach Mike Norvell in the Seminoles. I did see that. That was that was huge. Yeah, that's a big get for for Norvell. Much I think, needed. I, you know, in Florida State, talking about, you know, they've they've had a pretty good year too. Uh, you know recently. what gets me though? What what I find fascinating in that situation is, as good as everybody wants you to believe Florida high school football is, they're coming to Tennessee to get a quarterback. You know, Florida high school football is pretty good, but I don't necessarily – I don't think quarterbacks are have ever been kind of their their calling card. I mean, obviously you've had a couple, mm-hmm. but, you know, they're more like defensive backs and wide receivers, okay. aren't they? I, I don't know. I mean, just off the top of my head, people I can remember from Florida, obviously Derrick Henry, but it just – it kind of like when – um when Tennessee was getting wide receivers from God everywhere, mm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Florida was one of those places. It yeah. just felt like that they were, they were getting guys that could run four twos all day long <laughs> and, and yeah. letting them go. Um, but yeah, so big, it is interesting how, how these schools who have, who started out struggling with first year coaches and are now top 25 teams are, starting to see those recruiting class bumps mm-hmm. a little bit. And I, I think that's big. I really do. Uh, and, and it's always good. Look, it, Wes Rucker said that football is college football is better when Tennessee's good. It, it's better when Notre Dame and Florida state are good too. 
It just is. Uh, yeah. As much as you don't want it to be. Exactly. It is. Yeah, you're you're right. You're <laughs> right. It, I mean, it, it's it's a tough admission to make, but I will admit it. Yeah. I mean, when when you see those traditional powers having success and that kind of thing, you know, the the teams that we kind of grew up watching be successful and and right. watching on a regular basis, it it does tend to kind of draw you to it a little bit more. Now, moving into the college football playoff ranking discussion, how far does Tennessee fall? I don't think they should fall out of the top 10. I don't think they will. Now, past that, I don't know. I mean. I think eight, they're going to be ninth. Ninth? Yeah, because I think everybody's going to move up from, from there. Uh, LSU, Southern Cal, Alabama, and Clemson Alabama. all move up. And then Tennessee falls, you think? Tennessee falls to ninth. I think Oregon moves up to 10th with that win over uh, Utah. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I think Tennessee falls to ninth. I could see that. And like we were talking with Joe Rexford yesterday, if Alabama is ranked ahead of them, it's more likely that the Sugar Bowl takes Alabama and Tennessee is either hoping for an Orange Bowl call or they're going to end up in Orlando because you can't spell citrus without UT. Yeah, yeah, thanks, Burger. Uh, I don't know, though, man. I, I think Joe raised a heck of a point. I think this fan base is going to be so excited and – I don't know, and and it's like you said, I don't know how excited Alabama fans are going to be for New Orleans. I, I really feel like Alabama football has become a CFP or bust type scenario, and, and I, I just don't know how well their fans are going to travel. And I can tell I you, feel Alabama like, fans are going to travel. <laughs> they don't care. I re- they really don't. Now they're they're not going to be as it's not going to be as exciting for for the fan, but I promise you, I, I promise you, <laughs> this the Superdome will be full of Crimson if Alabama's there, uh, especially if they end up playing a Clemson. I think the opponent could have a lot to do with it too. Mm-hmm. Cool. There might also be some Alabama Clemson fatigue too. And I, I'd love, especially after Dabo went off and ran his mouth yesterday, I'd love to see UT Clemson anywhere. Music City Bowl. <laughs> anywhere. Anywhere. Yeah, I, I don't, Parking I, lot. Yeah. You know, can, can we get Mount Pleasant's field available for Tennessee Clemson? I'd, we can play it there. I don't care. I'd you love just, to see Tennessee Clemson. Yeah, he's uh, he needs to. Well, he's an Alabama guy, so he's always going to have a little little orange hate. Um, now, I mean, is LSU going to move up to five, or is it going to be Southern Cal? It's a good question. I bet Southern Cal moves to five, and Clemson may move ahead of Alabama just so that they can have some cover if they have to put Clemson in the in the playoff. Yeah. LSU was what, six last week? They were six last week. And USC was eighth? Seventh. So you're going to jump 
LSU. Well, Southern on Cal the basis had, of that win over UCLA. Yeah, Southern Cal got a top fifteen win. LSU beat UAB. <laughs> well, so there's cover there for that. Sure, like you said. Sure. I, I think that's what's going to end up happening. I think I think USC is going to end up at five. LSU will stay at six. Clemson may jump to eight or to seven. Alabama stays at eight. Tennessee goes to nine. I would not be surprised if they put Tennessee over Alabama, though. I, I think they probably. I don't think they will. I think Alabama will be ahead. Uh, but the the head to head could mean something. Is what you're saying? Maybe. I, I think. I think if they're looking at it from the analytics part of it that I think that they do sometimes. I think they'll say, well, home field was worth more than three points. And, you know, Alabama lost on the road to them. They Their two losses are to LSU and and, Al, and Tennessee. And we, we really feel like, you know, both of them are on the road. There were four points total. And I think Alabama might be the better team now. And that's, that's how they could – I'm not saying that that is the correct assumption. I'm just saying that's – an assumption they could make if if Alabama were ranked ahead of and ten. it's and and it realistically I mean if you're being objective about the whole situation it's an acceptable sure explanation I, I would not I would not be up in arms if Tennessee was ranked behind Alabama t- tonight mm-hmm. I'm not going to be <laughs> especially when you take in, and and I don't know how much how much effect Hinton Hooker being out is going to play that's your X factor. You know, do do they say well without Hen and Hooker they're 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 not really as good now? Well, they're not. The, they're certainly not the same team. Sure. So, yeah, I mean, all, all of that makes sense. And I mean, I think the bottom line is it it doesn't matter. There, I don't think that there is a path for UT back into the Final Four at this point. So, no, I don't. I don't know what difference it makes where they are. Well, it it just matters on you know bowl selection, and I think a New Year's Six bowl is gonna happen. You could potentially have four SEC teams in the in the New Year's Six. Alabama, could, UT, Mississippi. I mean, no, Ole Miss, and no, no LSU, even with a third loss, would probably still go to like the Orange Bowl or something. So LSU, Alabama, UT, and Georgia. That technically that's a New Year's Six Bowl. Is it okay? Okay. Because there's there's you get the two semifinals or two and then the other four. Mm-hmm. Okay. There we go. So yeah, I mean, it could it could very well I could very well see four four of the twelve teams in in New Year's Six could be SEC schools. <laughs> I don't think I don't think we're gonna see anything change in mm. the top four tonight. Uh, not at the, I don't know what why why would it. Nothing, and I don't think any. I don't think any of those change at all. I don't. I don't know who would force who below them would force a change. I mean, the only team that could have got its doors blown off. That's right. So, yeah. There you go. I, outside of that, I don't think it really matters. Yeah. Um, but I, I would. I would not be surprised to see Tennessee at ninth. Behind eighth ranked Alabama that and seventh sense. ranked Clemson <laughs> and mm. fifth ranked UC USC, while and number six LSU and number six LSU. Yep, that's that's what I'm thinking. Okay, so who's ten? 
Oh, that's a great question. Listen, that that may be the that may be where the whole thing comes apart is because uh, honestly, probably Penn State, maybe Oregon. Oregon beat Utah, so they probably jumped to ten where Utah was, and Penn State's just kind of stuck at eleven. Makes sense. But it'll be one of those two. It'll be either Penn State or Oregon. I think it's going to be Oregon because they'll have a top 10 win. Mm-hmm. Whereas Penn State has beaten nobody of note and lost the only two games against good teams that they played. Right. So, <laughs> so it's probably Oregon. Oh, man. Well, let's get to some Blue Raider sports after a quick break here. What do you say? All right. We'll welcome Chip Walters in. Right after this on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bond & Joint. Y'all stick around. This holiday season, the largest lantern event in the country returns to Nashville Zoo. After sunset, come see more than 1,000 Chinese lanterns. All new designs, including mythical beasts, a fantastical North Pole village, even a dragon soaring over your head. Welcome back to Zoo Illumination at Nashville Zoo. Bigger, brighter, and better than ever. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. The high school football season is here, and nobody handles Friday nights better than Main Street Media. Here's Zach Womble with details. That's the name of the game here at Main Street Media and Main Street Preps. Is, you know, we've been doing this for a long time now, and I think you hit on it. We've got an army of reporters across all of Middle Tennessee. I think there's about 130 schools uh, in the Middle Tennessee area, and we cover we try to cover all of them. We cover about 11, 12 counties at this point. And uh, yeah, those those Friday night shows, it's you know we're gonna we're gonna show we're gonna show that off. We're gonna showcase the talent that we have on the field with with reporters across several mid state games on the weekly basis. So you know whether you're in Williamson County, whether you're in Giles County or Murray County or Montgomery or Robertson or anywhere in between, we're gonna have you covered from six to eleven. Friday Night Live is presented by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office where fans don't let fans drive drunk. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Time to talk a little Blue Raider sports with the voice of the Blue Raiders. Chip Walters, who joins us now on the show. Chip, what's going on, man? Oh, uh, just, uh, you know, busy time trying to squeeze a week's worth of work into about three days before we uh, get ready to uh, head to Florida for, for the football game this weekend. But women's basketball left this morning, heading to Las Vegas. The men will leave tomorrow morning, heading heading to uh, Montreal for their uh, three games this weekend. So, uh, it's, it's a busy week and, uh, 
the uh, the Blue Raider Network will be coming to you from two continents this weekend. So, or two uh, countries, same continent, two countries. So uh, <laughs> just a just a little geographic uh, update there, just in case you needed it. But uh, but yeah, every, everybody's uh, you know we're far flung, but uh, got a lot of business to do. I guess Chip, it won't be a whole lot colder in Montreal than it is here, will it? You know because we are actually doing those games remotely. Uh, I have not even checked the, <laughs> the weather. Uh, although that, that, uh, the lake effect snow that hit Buffalo, <clears throat> Montreal's not that far away. You know, Toronto's really close to Buffalo. Mm -hmm. And as part of this trip, uh, the men's team, they're going to, they're going to play Friday, Saturday, Sunday in Montreal against, uh, Hofstra, Stephen F. Austin and Montana state. And then sometime on Monday, no, on Monday, they will bus from Montreal over to uh, uh, Olean, New York, where St. Bonaventure is, and they'll wind up the trip. They'll be gone eight days uh, on this trip, but, uh, you know, I, they'll probably be taking a, sim a kind of a similar route that Bills fans took through Canada to come into Detroit from the north uh, on Sunday when they had to go over there and play the Browns. And I guess they stayed over there for their Thanksgiving day game against the lions. Is that, have you heard? Uh, uh, I meant to check on that. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I'll have to check with my man, Will Brown, who's the, uh, video guy for, uh, for the lions to see if, uh, who, who's still in town or not. So, but it would make sense to do that. No doubt. Certainly going back to Buffalo doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, <laughs> yeah, Chip Walters, the voice of the Blue Raiders, joining us. And, man, um, Chase Cunningham with a day for the ages on Saturday, huh? You know, it makes me want to go out and get concussed if I could be that productive <laughs> uh, after it like he was. My gosh. I mean, uh, four, <laughs> 448 yards, which uh, – he nipped out Clint Marks by one yard for the second most yards ever in a single game, but was 11 short of West Count's 459 yards uh, that he and, had against and, Idaho. And you know, uh, Wes was keeping count. <laughs> well, his name is Counts, so no, there you go. No pun intended, but, but yes. No, but, but, uh, and, uh, but, you know, it, a great story from Stock last night uh, talking about that because, you know, we're all up there looking and seeing the stats come up and 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 the, the coaches in the press box have, you know, they have uh, access to stat broadcast and they know what the real-time stats are. And, and, you know, word got down that there was a potential record, but we'd already – we had just scored to go up 49-21 and gotten the ball back. And – and, you know, Stock said, well, number one, he goes, I wasn't going to throw it anyway. And and said, even before I told him, he said, uh, he said, Chase came up and said and asked him, he said, coach, don't we've got a big lead. Don't put me in. Put Preston Rice in. Said he's a grad transfer. This is his last chance to play a game at home. Let him finish it out. And. Hmm. So that's just the kind of kid Chase Cunningham is and for him to get conference player of the week. And, and you all know what kind of guy Jordan Ferguson is. Uh, and he was, uh, he, he's a really good guy uh, that had a great day. Uh, you know, just a couple of really good dudes. 
and uh, and and you know the the Blue Raiders got both sides of it with the the Player of the Week honors. So it was a good good day and got bowl eligible all at the same time. Chip, um, take me through that fake punt. Is was that a called punt or was that a read or how how does how did that work? How does that work? I'm glad you asked because I have an answer for that. Um, that has they've had that in, according to Stock and, and and Jordan Ferguson. He 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 can they both confirmed it. They've had it in for like two years, uh, and waited for the right. I mean, spot on the field, all that kind of stuff. Down distance, you know, to 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 call it. He said they've called it one other time, but in addition to it there being a call, there's also a check with me once everybody gets to the line. Mm -hmm. And the first time they called it, whoever it was lined up wrong. And so they got the thumbs down on it. But the other day, uh, they, they lined up and, and check, they did the check with me and it, it's checked directly with stock. Mm -hmm. And, and, and he said he gave them the, the thumb up and, you know, Kyle Ulbrich should win some sort of award because he sure made it look like it went over he his head. It, huh? <laughs> he, he sold it. And, uh, but it was a direct snap to, to Jordan Ferguson and, and Ferg, you know, said it brought back his old high school running back days. And, and, uh, and he actually put a move on one guy at about the 15 yard line and got it down to the end up getting it down to the six yard line. And between that play and, and when they brought the heavy diesel set in and, uh, and threw a screen pass to behind them to Frank Pizant, that was, that, that was almost illegal watching Zalen Wood clear out a cornerback. It was, uh, that, that was, that was really fun to watch too. So you guys pulled out all the stops in the 49, 21 win over, over FIU, right? FAU. FAU. FAU this week. You got the I this week on the road. Got the I this week. Got the A last week. Okay. But yeah, like you said, big win, got bowl eligible there, and now you go for seven on the road. Seven is better than six. You know, when you, when you look at the big scheme of things, when, when, you know, when bowl bids come out, sevens, you know, are, are, are ahead in the pecking order from the sixes. And, um, so it, it really, I mean, with the way conference USA looks right now, we're pretty much guaranteed to go because right now there's four bowl eligible teams, UTSA being one of them who could actually get bumped up a level in bowls. Potentially North Texas has six wins. Western Kentucky has seven wins. Uh, you have, uh, middle with six wins. So there's your four that are in now. Now, here we go with um, the five-win teams. You've got you got four five-win teams. <clears throat> but in my opinion, I'm thinking that there's only one who's going to be favored this weekend, and that would be UAB. And uh, UAB goes to Louisiana Tech. The, and, and UAB, I'm not sure how they only have five wins right now. They're too good to be that way. FAU has five wins, uh, but they play Western Kentucky at home. And I would imagine Western is going to be favored in that one. Uh, Rice has five wins, but they have to go to uh, North Texas, who's playing really good right now. And 
The other five-win team is UTEP, and uh, unfortunately for them, they have to go to the Alamo Dome and uh, and play UTSA, uh, who has obviously been hitting on all cylinders. So of those four, UAB would be the only one I would have a ton of confidence in of getting that sixth win and the, the fifth bowl berth out of the league. Yeah, the UAB has lost uh, four, five of their six games by one possession. Wow. That's, so I, it, it, it's almost like Scott me. Frost is coaching them. <laughs> that's exactly. <yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, they're, they're, they're a dadgum good football team. You know, they got, they can run it. They've, they, they proved to us they could throw it early. And, um, so, you know, I, they'll be a, they'll be a tough out for whoever, if they get the win this weekend and, and get to a bowl, they'll be a tough out for somebody. Uh, also this past week, I, I don't know. Teldrick Ross was also named defensive player of the week by the conference. That's, USA. that's, that's, that's correct. And he had, Just, what, what did I read? So he's had like 17 pass breakups this 18. year and, ele- and 11 of them. 11 of the 18 within the last three games. So, I mean, they moved him from safety to corner uh, during the at the Western Kentucky game. And while, you know, didn't win that week, but, but, you know, he's been really, really good at corner. And because you've had guys like uh, Jacoby Thomas from Tullahoma, who's kind of grown up a little bit and started getting more playing time. They felt confident then that they could put Jacoby in at safety and move, move, uh, move him over to, to corner. And, and, and he's been really good. And uh, so th- that's been a good move and it's made a difference in, in the way the defense has been able to play. Looking uh I'm not sure if Mo's done with football, but I wanted to move to the hardwood if we can. Sure. I, I wanted to make one mention before we did move Go on. Um, as you mentioned, Teldrick Ross has 17 pass breakups on the year, which is tied for the most in a season. So you feel like you you feel like he's going to set that record <laughs> this week. Um, I would guess. Is that, I mean, unless I, you would think so, because they, you know, they'll they'll. FIU kind of throws it around. They've always got good receivers, and it's going to be interesting to look over and see Mike McIntyre on the sidelines there. Uh, I was telling their radio guy last night, it's like I remember watching Mike carry his dad's headset cables and you know on the sideline at Vandy mm-hmm. when he was when uh, George was coaching the Commodores. But you know, he will get them better. He's already gotten them better. They only won one game a year ago. They won four this year, and just getting organized and he knows how to build a program and, and with all the talent they've got within a 50 mile radius of their campus, they'll, they'll, they'll be pretty good. There you go. On the hardwood, Mm -hmm. uh, coming off a tough trip to Springfield, Missouri, where Missouri state, by the way, very good basketball program. And just want you to to know that that yeah, 20, you you go out there and you, and, that's a tough place to play and Missouri state has traditionally been a very good basketball program. So tough, tough go of it out there, but you, you did get a conference USA win, uh, last we week. Did. Which is pretty big. Yep. Uh, and you're right about Missouri state and they're, they're picked second in the Missouri Valley this year. Um, so really good team, Dana Ford, you know, their head coach, they play really tough. And I was talking to coach McDevitt the other day and, 
and he he said that Missouri State really came at them hard, and our guys on that night did not react all that well to it. Uh, that was not the the type of game we had with Rice last Tuesday night. Um, it was more of a free flowing, pretty kind of game, and and middle. I mean, middle didn't score for nearly five minutes, and then when they did. They scored a lot in bunches and often and ended up leading by as much as 46. And, you know, the best part of that is it's a conference game and and you're you're going to be sitting in first place in the league for six weeks now before uh, everything gets cranked back up again New Year's weekend. But this weekend, going to Montreal and playing uh, uh, on a on a neutral court will be very it'll be good to play three games. Uh, like that, you know, looking back, uh, in a, in, in a tournament atmosphere, uh, you know, middles played four and two played six straight. They haven't been beaten in overtime. Uh, you know, it hadn't been beaten in regulation, I should say, uh, since last year's, uh, on, on a neutral court since last year's, uh, well, no, they won two in Cancun. They, they got beat in overtime by UAB in double overtime and then lost in triple overtime in the finals of the CBI. So they've been a pretty good tournament team. Uh, last year in the Cancun Challenge, they stopped and played at Stephen F. Austin on the way down. And Stephen F. Austin kind of put a little bit of what Missouri State put on them the other night. And that proved to be a wake-up call because they left – uh, Stephen F. Austin went and won three straight in in Cancun, and uh, so you know it, this is a team that's going to. They've got a lot of skill, and uh, they, they've got to just learn how to handle some some of the opponents that they're going to have to play. Get a chance to avenge that one in Montreal too. They do, they do, and uh, and I'm I mentioned that to Nick. I said, oh, got a little unfinished business there, and. And uh, and we were both talking about how yeah we hope the guys remember that and and uh, take that as 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 part of as part of the game uh, part of their game plan. Chip, you mentioned um, the men, the women, when they go out to Vegas and take on Texas Tech on Friday, they will be ending a a nine game a nine day hiatus since their eighty to sixty two win over Belmont. Um, big win last Wednesday at Murphy Center against a team that only lost at home to Louisville 75-70 not long ago. So um, that was a big one, and getting back in action will be big for the Lady Raiders, I would imagine. I would think so, and, you know, they they went out. Like I said, they left today. They'll get out there, and they'll have a couple of days of practice before they uh, get on the on the floor, which will be inside the Mirage Hotel. Um, but you're right. Th- I don't think anybody um, did not expect or, or think that middle could win that game against Belmont, but the margin, mm-hmm. how that one got out of hand. I mean, middle came out firing and I mean, and played defense like, like, I, I don't know what, I mean, really shut Belmont down and caused them some issues early. So it was a, that was a huge win right there. And, and uh, I think it's gotta be a big confidence builder, local rival. Now you go out and you 
play a big 12 team and then you play Missouri State in on Friday so you got a Missouri Valley team there this is an event that they could they, they could win both games and and uh, they're going to be flirting with being ranked if they could do that and then they've got Louisville coming in here in um a yep. few days December 4th a week from Sunday um four four o'clock matchup so um another big one that's exactly right so uh looking forward to that but uh they 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 want to come back with two wins this weekend to to kind of ride that momentum into the Louisville game and that should be a great Sunday afternoon crowd. I would hope so. Yep. <laughs> it's going to be a good one. Chip, enjoy your. Are you going to FIU? Yes, I'll be at okay. FIU. Uh, West Bowling is actually going to do the first two games from Montreal uh, remotely with Kyle Turnham, and then I'll I'll catch back up with them on Sunday. So okay. they'll be broadcasting out of the Kennan Hall of Fame building. There you go. Well, it should be fun. FIU is uh, always a good trip. Ne- ne- never never, a bad time when you're going to South Florida this time of year. <laughs> well, Mill's trying to sweep South Florida, the South Florida area, after winning at Miami and then uh, knocking <laughs> off FAU, trying to be the kings of the 305. <laughs> <laughs> get to get a turnover chain or something. That's right. That I, I think I think I smell a, a graphic coming up if y'all do win this one, Chip. I would uh, hope so. King, Kings know. of the three hundred five. You can you can use that <laughs> in um use that in recruiting a little bit. I would imagine. I would think so. Yeah. All right, Chip. We appreciate your time as always, man. Thank you, and uh, looking forward to uh, this 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 weekend. All right. See you guys. All right. We take a quick break here. When we come back, top five Tuesday. On Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. 
purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. All right, it is Top 5 Tuesday brought to you by our friends at Mid-South 5 Fitness. That is style is still in the gang. Stillathletes.com, S-T-E-E-O, athletes.com. Getting you ready for Top 5 Tuesday. Go visit them on Instagram, at stillathletes, S-T-E-E-O, athletes. There you go. All right, Top 5 Turkey Day Games. Now, are we doing this draft style, or are we just going to count them down? I'm down for whichever. We can do them draft style. All right, let's go draft style then. Uh, since, Mo, you lost the poll last time, you get to go first. First pick of the draft <laughs> since <laughs> you finished third in the poll. Oh, did I? You did. Oh. Well, all right then. <laughs> um, I will go with the 1974 Thanksgiving Day matchup between the Dallas Cowboys and the Washington football team um <laughs> that 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 introduced the world to clint longley coming off the bench for 203 passing yards and a couple of touchdowns including a 50 yarder to drew pearson in the cowboys 24 23 comeback win nice justin i believe you finished first in that poll so i'm gonna go next I yeah i think you won the poll last time so i'm gonna go with the 20, 2005 broncos Cowboys, Broncos 24, Cowboys 21, Drew Bledsoe quarterbacking the Cowboys there, and Ron Dane was in there uh, for the Broncos. A 55-yard run for Ron Dane set up a 24-yard field goal by Jason Elam to win. So, yeah, I really just wanted to go go with that because of all the names that were involved. Goodness the, gracious, right? Yeah, The Broncos have not lost to the Cowboys since 1995 because of this <laughs> game so, <laughs> all right so there you go all right this is our number, number one right number five justin oh, uh, number five, i'm sorry number one yeah okay one. uh i'm gonna go with the classic butt fumble game november 22nd 2012 nice uh you know mark sanchez need i say more <laughs> butt fumbled <laughs> against the patriots uh leading to a jets loss 49 to 19 all right all right um my number two pick is from the college ranks, the 2007 Battle for the Golden Boot, Arkansas 50, top-ranked LSU 48 in triple overtime. That's a good one. Ooh. That's a really good one. That is solid. Um, My second-round pick, two words, Cam Newton, 2010 Iron Bowl. <laughs> they were down like 21 points and ended up coming back to win that and then won that championship, so yeah. Nice. My uh, my number two is the 2010 game, New Orleans versus Dallas, uh, just because I love when or I loved when Drew Brees cooked, uh, led him led the Saints down an 89 yard scoring drive to win the game with little. Yeah, to no, little that, to that's no a good one. That's a good one. OK, um, my number three. Um, 
Bears 23, Lions 19. I'm sorry, but Bears 23, Lions 17 in overtime. It was the first overtime game on Thanksgiving. It was in 1980. And it was one of the shortest overtimes. Um, Bears running back Dave Williams with a 95-yard kickoff return on the opening kickoff to win it. Ooh. Well, I'm going to go overtime as well. 1998, Pittsburgh, Detroit, mm. Jerome Bettis, called tails. I don't care what anyone <laughs> says. <laughs> and they don't even get the ball because the lines go down, kick field goal, win the game. Yeah. It's brutal. I, um, I will go um, 93, Dolphins, Cowboys. Has that been said already? Nope. Nope. Okay, cool. Uh yeah, where um there was a there was a, a blocked field goal uh where the Cowboys tried to pick it up and they almost did. They would have had a clear shot to the end zone and the person fumbled the fumble, leading to a Dolphins another attempt attempt uh where they sealed the deal. Leon Lett specifically. Exactly. Yep. Yes. Yes. All right. Um since Chris just took one of mine with that Lion Steelers game. I'm gonna go 1994 Cowboys Packers. Um, Jason Garrett gets the start because oh, Troy Aikman yeah. is hurt and outduels Brett Favre in a 42-31 Cowboys victory. So that's my number four. My number four going back to overtime. The first Egg Bowl overtime, Dak Prescott leads the Mississippi State Bulldogs to a 17-10 win over Ole Miss. And boy, what a night that was. Uh, Bo Wallace, the losing quarterback for Ole Miss in that one. Sorry, Pulaski. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, My Is this number four, right? Number four. Cool. Um, Is Detroit and Chicago, 1997. uh, 55 points for the Lions with four – or three, excuse me, touchdowns by Barry Sanders, one being a 40-yard, other 25, and another 15-yard run. He ran for 167 yards that game. Um, Barry was special. Yes, and it allowed them to make it to the playoffs that year, which, you know, anytime Detroit goes good, I feel like it's good for the NFL. All right. Um, If if I lost last week's poll, I'm going to win this week's because my number five is the 99 Egg Bowl – I'm sorry, the 19 Egg Bowl, um, yeah. where e- Elijah Moore got two coaches fired, basically. <laughs> so true. Um, <laughs> oh, that's great. He did uh, get two coaches fired. Gets gets an unsportsmanlike conduct for peeing on the goalpost. <laughs> that was classic. Causing Mississippi State to beat Ole Miss 21-20. And and again, both Mississippi State coach Joe Moorhead and Ole Miss coach Matt Luke got fired as a result of, of that outcome. So, I mean, any game that can get two coaches fired has to be on your list Notable. somewhere. Well, and, I s- and, and, and if I lose this poll, then I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> I saved this one for last because it's, it's so niche, but the final appearance – for Tuskegee in the Turkey Day Classic in 2012, when they defeated Alabama State, 
27-25 in front of a sold-out first-time grand opening of their $62 million state-of-the-art on-campus stadium, and they had Isaiah Crowell in the backfield. They knew they were going to win this game. They Everything was going to go Alabama State's way until <laughs> Tuskegee showed up, <laughs> and they won the final their final appearance in the Turkey Day Classic. They went 10-1 and one that year, won the SIAC and everything, but uh, – Talk about spoiling a party, but yeah, that's a that's one of my favorites right there. The 2012 Turkey Day Classic. There you go. Nice. Uh, my number five is the Harbowl, just because I think it's really cool that um, brothers are playing each other in the uh, in a game in an NFL game. Also, that year they both met again um, later on in the season at the in, Super Bowl. in the in the so, Super Bowl. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's really cool. Did win. you tell us what game it was? I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> it was Ravens versus 49ers uh, on November 24th, 2011. 11. Right. 2011. Well, there the you go. Cool name. That's Top 5 Tuesday presented by Mid-South 5 Fitness. We'll have a poll up in just a little bit. We'll, we'll have the poll, and then under that, you will be able to see where uh, you'll be able to see all of the other stuff. So there you go. We'll be... Back tomorrow on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Justin Kulik in studio. I'm Chris Yao. He's Mo Patton over there. And we'll see you tomorrow.